Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is up, beautiful people? As we roll in here, please let me know where in the world you are coming in from. Roberto here is in Colombia right now. He's a digital nomad, so every time you speak to me, somewhere else. Um, so most exotic win a place has to trump Roberto. Where are you in, in, in Colombia again? Remind me. In Medellin, Colombia. Beautiful. Beautiful. But yeah, hit us up in the chat. What state, what city, what country are you calling in from? Furthest person, Edmonton. We got some Al um, Calgary. Sorry, not Calgary. Alberta here. I got it right the first time with the Al. Beautiful Canada represent. Austin, Texas, Ohio, Virginia. Beautiful. All right, folks. We'll almost get started here and then we'll jump into today's topic. We've got a juicy one. Let me tell you as soon as I get my tab sorted out. Rainy Floral Park, New York. I'm in New York next week, John. I might have to grab coffee with you. Don't hold me to it, though, because my schedule is chaotic. All right. So I'm going to share my screen and we'll get going on the topic for today. So today we're talking about three simple changes that will supercharge. That's right, supercharge. We're using a buzzword here today. Your cold prospecting. That's the day's date. It's February 2nd. Was January long for anyone else? Let me know in the chat, please. Um, but yeah, so today we've got Roberto joining us. Uh, Roberto, tell us about yourself. And good to meet everybody. I'm the director of sales development over at GoLinks, and I also started my own small consulting company. It's called Curio Consulting, and I help SDRs and AEs get better at prospecting. And I specialize a lot in sales engagement platforms. You'll You'll see me navigating outreach a little bit today, but the tips you'll see apply to any sales engagement platform you're using. So excited to be here. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you got the right, we've got the right person to break down this topic with us. A couple of housekeeping pieces. As always, these sessions are recorded. Um, so, you know, if you miss anything, you want to go back, check anything, or you have to drop off our way through, you can always go back to our site. These get available 24 hours after you go live, so you can always come back and check them. But while you're there, Make sure to register for our other daily sales shows. Put one of these on every day. One of a week, it will be from myself going forward as well. Just want to say a big thank you to our partners as well. They're the ones who make this all happen. Got JB Sales, our partner for this one. We also are going to be dropping a guide for how to um, efficiently run your day in sales using AI. Keep an eye out in the chat for the link to that guide. It's a great one. I was reading yesterday. It is just filled with little tactical tips that you may not be thinking about. Uh, but today, the topic, we're going to be talking about kind of a few sequences up front, giving you an idea about, you know, the way that Roberto thinks about sequences, who he puts in them, the types of steps and channels he mixes in, the messaging. But a lot of this is also going to be focused on how to organize your prospecting efforts to make sure that you're as effective and efficient as possible while actually reaching out to buyers, especially if you're someone who uses a sales engagement platform, there's going to be a ton of tips on that. So to start us off, Roberto. What are we looking at here? Yeah, this is my number one outbound sequence. The first thing to call out on this is the triple tap on the first day. I think that a lot of people have created content around that about making sure that you're getting three touch points out there on the first day. But what I like to focus on here is why. Like, why is that LinkedIn profile step uh, the first thing that you do? Um, it is of my belief that you should verify all of your data before you start engaging with anybody, right? 
So a rep's typical process is they will start on LinkedIn, they download some data, and, and then you go from there, right? We want to do that before we waste our time on an email and before we waste our time on a phone call, right? If that, pro- if that person's going to bounce, we don't want to waste our time um, sending an email to them. That view profile step can also be a connection step. I saw somebody uh, throw that in the comments. If you want to connect with them on the first day, that's totally fine. But verify your data, start out strong, get out there. You have the rest of it. Sorry, go on. Nope, go ahead, go ahead. I was, but you answered my question before I even had it. When did you connect the prospect? Because obviously uh, sending the messages at a later stage, but uh, I was going to switch slides because this continues onto this slide as well. But I, he had something to say there, so I don't want to jump ahead. No, you're all good. I was just going to highlight the fact that the rest of the sequence is, is pretty standard. It's emails and calls. Uh, I typically like to put the calls after the email step if you want to go back and just show everybody that one more time really quickly. Um, the reason I do that is because I always reference my email in that phone call. If I decide to leave a voicemail, I'll say, hey, I just dropped you a note on X. Let's connect. Let's have a conversation. Um, but it's pretty straightforward in terms of uh, an outbound sequence. I always love it when uh, the, the steps kind of connect. They're not just random acts of prospecting. Good book on the topic. Not sure if you read this one, Combo Prospecting? Combo Prospecting. You know someone? All right. Okay. It's cool. It kind of talks about how you can get your sequence steps to kind of add up to more than the sum of their parts, you know, mentioning the, 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 the email and the voicemail, et cetera, and the, uh, LinkedIn in the, uh, email and whatnot. Um, now before I jump ahead, cause we've got a couple more sequences to show you. Um, I believe we're going to be dropping a link in the chat. Roberta has generously offered up five sequence templates that you can use with various use cases. Uh, and we're gonna be dropping a link to those that you'll be able to check out, download those and apply those to your own sequences in the chat so be sure to check that one out now you've got this one here reply follow-up sequence what does that mean this is where it gets juicy well this is where the money is made the money is made in the follow-up so these sequences you can use them for for two different things obviously the first one i want to talk about is the manual reply follow-up so if you get any kind of reply from a prospect to your outbound sequence you want to add them to one of these two The manual reply follow-up I use for high-value opportunities, prospects that I want to write very crafted emails to throughout my sales cycle, right? Uh, They could be value-add touches, it could be whatever you want, but the goal is to focus on those high-value prospects. Now, if I have some lower-level opportunities, people I still want to keep in touch with, I'm going to put them in an automated reply follow-up sequence. And that's just bumping my email. I could still have some value-add touches in there. But that's letting you get a little bit more volume while you're spending most of your time on the manual reply follow-up folks. The key here is to treat whatever platform you're using as your personal assistant. Either it's going to do the follow-up for you if it's automated or it's going to remind you to do the follow-up. That way you're just never forgetting about any opportunity that you have open. That's awesome advice. And I know I've got a couple more steps from the manual um, follow-up here and then the multi-channel. Walk me through what you mean by that. The multi-channel reply follow-up that it's essentially the same thing as the other two. You're just adding in a couple phone calls or LinkedIn messages. Uh, I tend to go towards the the first two and then kind of add calls in if wherever I see fit on the the manual reply follow-up. But this one's just kind of 
kind of tip, throwing that up there for you a little bit more with the phone calls and, and LinkedIn. Beautiful. And a couple more steps there. Please screenshots, but again, Roberto, thank you so much. We've dropped the link to five different sequences that you can check out, download, and use in the chat. So be sure to check those out. Now, I know a lot of the time we want to spend today is also just like being smart. You already said use your sequencer, your tools as like an assistant. I'd like to dig into that more. And I know you've got some some stuff you can share on that um, and actually give us some tactical advice on that. Um, so what do you mean exactly by using it uh, as your assistant? So th there's a couple of things. What I meant from being your assistant, that was mainly on the the reply follow-up side, right? As yes. as an account executive, you're going to be managing like 20, 30, 40, 50 opportunities, depending on what market segment that you're in. And doing everything manually at scale becomes pretty difficult, right? So using it as your assistant is basically... It's going to remind you to follow up or, or you're going to, it's going to do the follow up for you. So that's really the key there. It's how can you do the work of three people as one person, basically. That's awesome. And we're about to show some, some things in the way that you set up your sequences with your sales engagement platform, in this case, outreach. Um, now, a lot of these tips, but as someone who's used like four different sales engagement platforms in my time, uh, go engage outreach sales loft and although I think it was, um, then, uh, and most recently, Paul, should I say, a lot of these tips will apply, but uh, we've got some things to show on how Roberto sets up, for example, what we're looking at right now is tiles and the way he kind of prioritizes accounts. So let's start with the tiles, because this is something every time someone shares their screen on their sequencer and they show me their steps and their prospects, I look at them like, oh, yo, you still got the weather tile on your, on your prospect, on your contact screen. So... Walk me through your setup here and, and how you make this better. Yeah, let, let me just talk through like why we're doing this, right? I think a lot of people, when they start using some kind of sequencing tool, they just think, oh, I just need sequences and I just need prospects and, and I just need to fire off as many as possible to, to get some business, right? I'm of the belief that you need to get organized as a sales rep in order to be successful. And, and it starts here. Because this is, this is where you're living, or most of you are living as a sales rep. So you want to keep your house clean, right? Um, the intelligence tiles, these are specifically in outreach, but I, I think a lot of other platforms have them. Um, it comes with a lot of stuff that you don't need. I don't need to know what time it is when I'm calling a prospect most of the time, unless they're like overseas and I'm kind of making sure I'm hitting the right people at the right time. Um, but uh, the crunch base information, funding rounds, I don't need to really know the weather or like what their address looks like. A lot of this just becomes clutter to me, right? So what I always advise my team to do is you can create new layouts in here. And I keep it very, very simple. I keep their LinkedIn information up at the top. So you'll see like my LinkedIn here if they posted anything recently. And then I just keep either prospect notes that'll just show up for the prospect or any account notes that'll show up for anybody that is underneath this account. And then if there's any custom fields you want to pull in from Salesforce. So the reason why I do this is as I'm making calls, I'm not distracted by a whole bunch of stuff. I just have what is necessary and I can be very efficient when I'm going through a call block or when I'm sending emails. That is gold right there. And also I'm a big fan of mental fatigue, getting yourself overwhelmed by looking at too much information at once. This is just like being focused mindset and setting up your tools to be willing for you. 
Um, so it's one thing to sequence folks, uh, but making sure that you're sequencing the right people is also obviously very important, targeting, and a lot of that's done up front. But how do you sort through your account so you know who is, you know, number one priority, great fit, or maybe the most monetary potential from that account? Yeah, so it's another, this is another piece about like getting your house in order before you start targeting people, right? Um, what I always advise people to do is, is set up tiers for your accounts, tiers one, two, three, and four, right? Tier one is going to be obviously my top accounts where I'm going to spend 70 to 80% of my time on. Are they in the right industry? Uh, are they bringing in enough revenue for me? Like you just have to find out what is your ideal customer. And once you find that, you're going to start tiering your accounts. So what we're looking at here in outreach is just like a regular account screen. And this is what a lot of reps look at when they start their day. But this doesn't really give me any information. Like how do I, who do I know who to target for each day, right? So what I always advise is once you find that tier one customer, like better media, sell better, tier one, right? Once I find the people that I want, I can go ahead and tag those folks and I can tag them as a tier one account. Right. So once I find this tier one, I can go ahead and add that. Right. And then what we do is we create a smart view for those customers. So you see here, I have RC tier one. So now that condenses my list of like a thousand accounts down to maybe the 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 that I know I want to target as my tier one folks here. I got to ask, so you're sorting them into tier one, tier two, tier three, for example. How do you actually end up using those tiers? Is like tier three just, is it more like when I've run out of tier one accounts, then I move into tier two? Like walk me through how you actually end up using them once they're in their tiers. More or less, right? So obviously I want to hit all of my tier ones first. And it's also important to note the distinction between your sequences too, right? So all of my tier one accounts, I'm probably going to use something more like the sequence that we shared at the top of the call. That's a lot more personalized. It's a lot more heavier touch, right? But if I've got tiers three and four in there, I'm probably not going to use that as much. It might be a sequence that maybe has less personalization in it, but it's going to allow me to scale up a little bit. So that's kind of how I think about it. I'm going to hit all the tier ones um, with more personalized content. And then if I have some accounts, I can use a little bit more automation in those. Absolutely gorgeous. You said something a second ago that, that resonated. Uh, when you log in, you see your massive list of accounts just overwhelming, right? And that's why you want to sort these out so you know who's top of mind. I think the same thing can happen with tasks sometimes, especially if you've got a lot of different sequences running at one point. So you showed us earlier the follow-up sequence. How do we uh, make sure that, like, I might have 50 cold call tasks. I might have 20 LinkedIn Connect tasks. I might have the email task, how do, how do we make sure we're being efficient and not getting too, you know, task switchy in there? Yeah. So th this is a typical view that a lot of sales reps will see in their sales engagement platform. And I, I talk a lot about workflow mindset when we're looking at this. The absolute worst thing, in my opinion, that you could do as a sales rep is context switch too much. And that means I'm going to send one email to one prospect. And then maybe I'll cold call them. And then maybe I'll work on this LinkedIn task. And now I'm just working on too many different things. So what I always advise people to do is just get into a rhythm, like get into a good flow. 
And your sales engagement platform can help you do that. Instead of me going through these random 11 tasks, I just filter to these six calls that I have. And now I'm just working on my cold call rhythm. I'm going to knock out 20 or 30, 40 or 50 of them all at the same time. Just going to time box. Everyone knows time boxing. Just do that with your prospecting and just get into a good rhythm and get into a good flow. Big fan of time blocking. I don't think I know a single like hyper successful person who's not time blocking at least their work tasks, if not their entire lives outside of work as well. Uh, making sure they've got time for the family and things at home as well. Are you going to call me four times later on this afternoon, Roberto? It looks like it. I am. I am. And I'm actually going to share your phone number with everybody <laughs> after this call. All right. Well, I look forward to getting a bunch of calls uh, right after this. Please do call me. I uh, I like listening to a cold call. I've been sitting somewhere I can learn. I don't know already. Um, what One thing I, I find is like, you know, knowing your math in terms of sequencing, like a lot of people get overwhelmed by basically inundating themselves with tasks, biting too many prospects or not enough prospects into their sequences in the first place. How do you figure out how many prospects you should be targeting at any one point in time? Well, here's the thing. You have to know the task load that you can handle. I think a lot of, a lot of problems that people run into where they say like sequencing tools don't work is because they're not thinking about task management mindset, right? If I log into whatever sales engagement platform that I'm using and I have, let's say, 100 call tasks and I know that that's how many I can do in, in an entire day, the last thing I'm going to do is fire up 100 or 200 more sequences that day. That, that's not going to be efficient. And then the sequences that I currently have, those are going to fall behind. And then if you're three, four, five a week behind on your sequences, they're not going to work, right? So just be mindful of how much you can physically do in one day before taking on more. Does that make, does that make sense, Will? <laughs> it's, it's making a ton of sense. So that might need some experimentation up front to see just how much you can get done. But especially those time blocking tips, you typically start to realize, okay, if I block half an hour for making calls, I know I can make let's just say, for example, 20 calls in that time. So reverse engineer it, and that can typically get you the right tasks. You kind of showed us how you prioritize accounts. What about leads? Because not every lead is born equal uh, with the right contact details, et cetera. So how do you um, go about prioritizing your leads? And that would be the contact so, people in the sequence, just to make sure I'm not using any jargon there. Yeah, 100%. So what we're looking at here is going to be just a, a standard call task. And don't worry, Will, I actually didn't put your your real contact information in here. It's a, it's a fake number. But let, let's think about it like this. The, the number one way to find if leads are going to be good leads for you is to engage them, right? It's either going to be through email or through calling or through LinkedIn and see if you're getting any kind of reply or any kind of intent or anything else that you can use, right? The number one thing that's helped me in my career, especially when I was an SDR, is to focus on direct phone numbers or cell phone numbers. Um, a lot of the data platforms will tell you their cell phone numbers, but the only real way to know is if you call them or if you get some kind of reply, right? So as I'm going through my call task each day, let's say Will maybe answers and he says, Roberto, sounds great, or like I'm in a meeting, whatever, you couldn't convert him, right? But now I know that this is Will's actual phone number. Like this is his cell phone number. What I would then do 
is I would add a tag to that prospect and it would be under like Roberto's hot list or a Roberto's direct dial phone numbers. And I would just continue throughout my day, right? The cool thing is after you've been doing this for a while, a couple of weeks or a month, you're going to develop a new list. And that list will only contain hot leads or direct dial phone numbers, right? So now as an SDR, I like to time box, similar to what we've been talking about before. So I'm going to say, okay, it's time to time box. Let me go ahead and find all of those leads that I've been talking about. So I can find those leads that say Roberto's direct dials. And there's Will. He popped up in the list of a thousand people. And now I can go ahead and create a new task to call Will. And that's going to be my call block for the day. Only the hot list people in this example. I love it. That's just efficiency 101 right there because play the long game, but you know, there's nothing worse than making a hundred cold calls and most of them being wrong numbers by manually making sure you validate that when someone's got their number, you could make 50 cold calls to 50 numbers and you know, it's the right number. And then, you know, I've picked up in the past. Do you do anything for leads who maybe have the wrong contact information, wrong email, wrong number, anything similar? Yeah, this is probably the single biggest waste of time for anybody that's cold calling. It's calling the wrong numbers, right? And if you think about it in the context of a sequence, any given sequence can have four or five, six phone call tasks in it. If you call that person the first time and it's a bad number, a lot of reps just continue and they just leave that person in a sequence. So then the next time that person pops up, you're just wasting your time calling another bad number. So there's actually a couple ways to get around that. The first would be to use this little invalid box here next to Will's obviously bad phone number. And the second would be to also leverage this task system that I just mentioned. So you can put something like Roberto, bad number, for example. And then this is kind of a, an, an advanced tactic that's a little bit more difficult to pick up. But if you navigate over to your upcoming tasks, you'll see my upcoming tasks here. You can actually see what upcoming calls you have. So this could be not even for today, it could be for tomorrow. And you can actually search for tags within your upcoming, and you can actually find prospects who you've already tagged with bad number. So there could be 20 of them. And then you can just mass select them and skip them throughout the day. Mm. So instead of doing it one by one, if you navigate to your task view here, find the tag, you could just skip all of them all at once. Gorgeous. I, uh, although calling wrong numbers does help my, my cool metrics, definitely not a good use of time as a seller. Uh, so Dang. try to please your manager probably focusing on the wrong things uh, there. This is awesome, mate. And I know you've got uh, some great resources on how to, you know, make the most of especially outreach as a sales engagement platform, but all of these tips definitely apply across, you know, these 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 words, tasks, um, apply across most sales engagement platforms as well. So just smart tips that people can immediately start using. We do have a couple of questions if you want to, if you want to entertain them. Now, I kind of knew this would happen when you started sharing your screen, when we shared, shared the, the, those sequence steps earlier. Um, one question's from Lila. 
hey Lila, good to see you, by the way, uh, Lila Nielsen, uh, who said, where do you typically see the most replies or engagement in your outbound sequences? So it's a difficult question because it depends on what kind of prospect I'm reaching out to, but I would probably say within the first five to six touches is probably where you're going to see the most. Um, but I do see some engagement in that, you know, six to 10 block as well. Beautiful. Another question was, you know, you shared your follow-up uh, sequence, the automated and manual ones earlier. Uh, and if you're happy to share, what would those actual emails look like in terms of content? You could maybe walk us through the framework. It, d it depends on which one you're using. If it is the manual reply follow-up, which I used the most often as an account executive, it would be very specific to what's happening in that opportunity, right? We talk, we've talked about X on these calls. Uh, this is what we went over on this call. Uh, here's like some customer case studies that's going to help you do X, or here's what we need to do for next steps. The automated reply follow-up, that's more so like you've lost an opportunity maybe, like there's no next call on the books and you're looking to get that back on. Um, so those are more templated um, and it's just looking for you to, to drum up more engagement, but you're kind of doing that in the background as you're focusing more on the, the manual stuff. Beautifully said. The examples you shared earlier, like when we're making those calls, tagging prospects, et cetera, are you making the majority from, of your dials from your sales engagement platform or are you making use of any extra dialers or anything like that? We actually use Nooks at GoLinks. Um, so it's, I think it's an Orem competitor. Somebody dropped that in the chat. Um, but essentially most of those, call, like all of those call tasks that you see get uploaded into the, the dialer and, and we knock them all out uh, typically by sequence. Absolutely beautiful, mate. So using Nips as a parallel dialer, do those tips in terms of like updating across, does that work with that platform as well? Yes, but here's another thing to consider, right? Um, those power dialers are, are great if, you, if you're just looking to call, you know, five lines at a time and looking to drum up initial conversations, all that kind of stuff, right? You still need the more targeted, personalized calls. So if you are using a dialer like Orem and you get a connection, still do what we talked about and add a tag to them in outreach. Find those personalized ones later. Maybe you find the ones that have the direct dials and still dial those through outreach. Like you still need to do both things. It's not one or the other. That's very well put and a take I don't see often. Um, one, one last thing here. This is a little bit of a left field question, but um, when you, you you said you validate your emails before you put them in the sequence, is it, did I get that right? You know, making sure that upfront you're Correct. contacts with that step one LinkedIn. What are you yeah. using to do that? Uh, we used a tool called Prospect, relatively new, um, but it's it's very similar to other data tools that you see. So, like for for my team, uh, the sequences will start with that LinkedIn step. Like I said, you could do the the view profile or the connection request. But then while they're on their LinkedIn doing that step, they're using the extension to find the the actual email. So it's kind of like two steps in one, basically. Beautiful. That's um absolutely great, Roberto. We're coming up on time. There is, am I actually, okay, yeah. So that question there was, there was actually the last one we had there. Any any validation tools you recommend? Now, what we are going to do again, we'll drop those, those sequence guides that you've generously given us in the in the uh, chat again 
However, we're also going to drop Roberto's outreach uh, kind of course, breaking down how you can make the most of that platform if you're an outreach user. Can you give us a teaser of what's in there? It is an expanded version of, of the things that we've talked about on this call. Um, there's a ton of videos in there of me walking through everything step by step, whether it's the the smart views, how to manage accounts in there, um, how to how to make your hot lists. Everything is in there. Anything that you need from a prospecting perspective, if you're an outreach user, there's step by step videos of me walking through your prospecting process in there. Check it out. Absolutely golden, mate. Roberta, you're you're using these tools very tactically, much more than most. So thanks so much for sharing your your gold with us today. As I mentioned, this this session is recorded. So if you want to jump back tomorrow, we'll send out the recording link to everyone. But you can also come back anytime after that on the Sell Better website. Make sure to check out the other shows that we have coming up. Um, and Roberto, if anyone wants to connect with you, maybe they have some questions that they didn't get to today, what's the best way for them to do so? Go follow me on LinkedIn. I see they dropped a, a link to my profile in the chat. Go there, connect with me, ask whatever questions you have. There's also a link to the course in my featured section. And let me know how I can help. Beautiful. Well, thank you ever so much for jumping on today. So better. Thanks everyone for attending. See you all next time.